Hello, my amazing princess in the beers. I am so excited for you to be listening to this episode because in this episode, I am talking with my friend Nikki Nash. Nikki and I met, and this is just a testimony to the power of in person networking events, which I am literally jonesing for, of doing full live immersion events. Nikki and I met at Brendan Bouchard's HPX, well, back when it was called the High Performance Academy. So we met outside the bathroom, not intentionally, but I do have to say there is a poignancy for ladies to like get up and go to the bathroom at networking events. I have met clients standing in line for the ladies' bathroom. I have met extraordinary humans, collaborators, colleagues waiting in line to go to the bathroom. So if you're not networking when you are going to the bathroom or standing in a line, like that is the place to do it because you could hide yourself in your phone or by being in this amazing environment, which if you've never been to one of Brendan's events, it is an extraordinary experience, one that I am so excited to take my clients to whenever they resume um, because they are one of my favorite things to do with my clients. So I met Nikki, not in line for the bathroom, but I did meet her leaving the bathroom. And I saw this extraordinary, beautiful soul who had the biggest smile and the boldest fuchsia clothes I could have ever dreamed of to fuel my pink loving heart. And I saw her and I said, I said something along the lines of like, whatever you got going on, girl, you are working it. And she and I just connected and talked and talked. Suddenly, we were involved in this amazing conversation of dreams and big hopes and possibility. And she literally just was such a beautiful ball of energy that when she said that her dream was basically to be the next Oprah, I said, I have no doubt that that is going to be happening. I said, you're going to go beyond Oprah. You're going to be the, the only Nikki Nash. And that is why I am so excited for you to meet this extraordinary marketing genius, first of all. And second of all, Hay House author Nikki Nash, she is extraordinary. And this episode filled me with so much joy recording it. I am so honored and excited to be bringing it to you today. So get your notepad out because you're going to want to be taking some notes with this one because she does drop some serious marketing bombs that you are going to want to take note of. And we dive into all things from authorship to marketing to growing your business. And I believe we even touch on shoes, which is definitely the key to unlocking my heart. So thank you so much for diving into this episode with me. And now I bring you the amazing, extraordinary Nikki Nash. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. 
Hello, hello, and welcome back, my princess and the beers. And today I have the most extraordinary guest for you who will shower us with knowledge and joy and who has an energy that is just vibrant and glorious. I am talking about the amazing and astounding Nikki Nash, founder of Market Your Genius, whole house author of the same book. Market your genius. Nikki, I am so honored to have you on this program because Nikki and I met at one of Brendan's events, HPX, back in a couple years ago. And when I met her, I saw this woman strutting down the, the hallway in a bright pink jacket with a glorious smile. And I was like, this girl has got it. So I am so excited to bring you on, Nikki. Thank you so much for coming to The Princess and the Bee. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show and so honored. Nikki, I would love to know, I know you worked in corporate for a while and I would love to know what got you started into the wild world of entrepreneurship. Yeah. So I had this big dream at one point in my life to, well, I had a lot of different dreams, but at one point I decided I was going to be a journalist. And I went to a college English major, interviewed for um, different positions outside of college, and was told by a admissions person at uh, Berkeley, which is where I was like, that's where I want to go to grad school, that I should do this graduate program. It's like a summer program at either NYU or Columbia. And so I applied to NYU's and got in and met all these amazing people in the book and magazine industry, both editorial side and the business side. And I fell in love with the marketing people. And next thing I knew, I was in marketing and I started at InStyle Magazine. And then I left InStyle for Travel and Leisure Magazine. And then I left there to work at an ad agency. And I kept chasing this dream of, I want to have a life and be passionate about what I do. So I left advertising to get my MBA because I said, you know what? My clients seem to have more of a life than I do. And maybe that's really exciting. So I went into corporate marketing when I uh, graduated and really kept going, okay, I have more flexibility and I like the people I work with, but I don't think this is what I want to do with my life. And around that time, about like two and a half almost three years into me working at Intel, I found out that ovarian cancer was running, is something that runs in my family. And my aunt was diagnosed. It's something that my grandmother passed away from. My mom tested positive for the gene. And it was right around the time that Angelina Jolie announced that she was having preventative surgery. In fact, it was on that day that I was getting tested myself because I had already found out that my mom tested positive. And I sat down and I said, you know what? Life is too short. There's got to be something where I can have flexibility in my days and my life, but also do something I'm incredibly passionate about. And so I decided on that day, I was going to quit my job. I didn't quit that very day, but I mentally decided I'm going to leave. I'm going to save up money and I'm going to start my own business. And I'd love to say that I started my own business right when I quit, but I got scared <laughs> to be honest and took another job, uh, but closer to home because I was living on the West coast and I moved East and uh, at that job, I got really burnt out really quickly. I was head of marketing at a tech startup. I realized I was building somebody else's dream, not mine. And then finally I said, you know what? This is it. I'm going out. I'm going to start my own thing. 
And that's kind of how I ended up in entrepreneurship. It's something that I probably would have done earlier if I realized that's what I was searching for. But it was this constant search for something that was both in alignment with what I was passionate about, but also was fun and exciting and didn't feel like work and I had more flexibility and all those things. I love the fact, first of all, I love absolutely love your honesty about how you went out to go for that dream and then you went and got another job. And because I think so many entrepreneurs, I did the same thing. And I think so many entrepreneurs have that experience. And sometimes we get caught up in a cycle of kicking ourselves. And how did you break through confidence-wise to just say, you know what, I'm no longer going to build somebody else's dream. I'm really going to build mine, even though you've already had like the wake-up call with, with the BRCA gene and, and ovarian cancer. Yeah. So it was honestly my best friend who kind of metaphorically slapped me in the face with a truth bomb. <laughs> and she like slapped me in the face, blew me up when she said, I was working at this tech startup and full transparency, they were having cash flow issues. And so I wasn't always getting paid on time, but I was kind of used to it and I was fiscally responsible and I had savings. So I'm like, okay, you know, if I get paid a little late, I'll still be able to pay my rent. And there's this one day where we literally did not get paid. And normally I'd get a warning like, Hey, Nikki, we're having cash flow issues. Cause I was getting paid amongst the most out of, you know, other people on the team. And I at least got a heads up. And this time I didn't get a heads up. And I was furious. And my best friend said, why do you keep doing this to yourself? She's like, you know, you keep talking about wanting to start your own business. And at least if you had your own business, you'd be in control of whether or not you got paid and you'd know whether or not you were getting paid because you're the one doing the books. You're the one building the business. And I sat there and I was like, you know what? You're right. I right now felt out of control and not that I needed to control everything in my life because, you know, entrepreneurship stuff happens all the time, but I felt like I couldn't even have a preview into whether or not I was going to get paid or make any money or do anything. And so it was really kind of hitting this, I don't want to say rock bottom, but it kind of was. I didn't have the money I thought I was going to have in my bank account. I had gained all this weight from being stressed out. I stopped dating because I didn't feel good about myself. And my best friend's like, how long are you going to do this to yourself? And so I think it was at that point where I said, you know what? I'm willing to take the risk because anything's kind of better than where I'm at emotionally right now. Oh, girl, I feel you. I had the same experience with them. Except for it wasn't my best friend. It well, it kind of was my best friend, my husband. But it was uh, finding out I was pregnant, and suddenly I was like, "Oh crap! This this version of me, I I need to go for my dreams for the sake of of my son." So I, I love the fact that you know I, it's just such a testament that our relationships and who you surround yourself with can be such a beautiful mirror for who you want to grow into and the reminders that you get for your dreams. I'm curious, what was it about marketing that really set your soul on fire, that really was just a thing that you fell in love with? And and what specifically is it about marketing that feels so good and so right for you? It's funny because when I went into marketing, I made the decision based purely off of the people. I said, these people seem fun. I like these people this is where I'm going to work. And so it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision that marketing lit me up. I had never taken a marketing class in my life before I went into marketing. I was a 
journalism and English major. I took one business class and it was accounting. I don't know why I chose accounting, but I actually did really well at accounting. I got an A and I was like, (laughs) oh, this is cool, but I don't want to be an accountant. So I ended up kind of falling into marketing. And I think for me, what is interesting about it and the way I look at it is that marketing is just building relationships with potential customers. And so I don't look at it as I'm trying to sell something or I'm trying to convince people to buy something or anything along those lines. I really look at marketing as I'm building relationships with people and hopefully making it easier for them to decide whether or not they want to buy something or not. And so I like that aspect of marketing. And I think that's kind of how I got into it and stayed in it, even though I oddly consider myself doing a lot of things that are considered marketing, but I don't even think of it as marketing. I think of it as relationship building. So when I do my podcast, yes, technically it's marketing, but it's fun. It's relationship building with my audience. So I think that's what keeps me excited about it. Your podcast is awesome. Like I told you before we started recording, I was binging on your your podcast, Market Your Genius, um, uh, while as, as prep for this episode, and I loved it. I was like, "Girl is dropping some bombs." I found out that you're a fellow shoe and see a lover, so it spoke to my soul. It was it was amazing. Thank you so much. And it's funny because the whole reason I started the podcast, I started it um, less than a year ago, but I started it because I found a note in my phone last year, and it was written. I think it was from like 2000 and something like 2016 or 2014. It was some incredibly long note, like old note in my phone, in the notes section that said, start podcast. And I looked at my phone and I said, wow, I am like many years late for this dream that I had on <laughs> at one point in time where I said, start the podcast. So I just said, you know what? I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't know if I'm going to know how to do this, but I'm going to go for it and figure it out along the way because I made that commitment to myself many years ago. And it's something that I still wanted to do. So I said, let's just start the darn thing. And that mentality, how has that mindset served you for growing your business of, I don't know what I'm doing, but let's just go for it. Let's figure it out along the way. Oh my goodness. It served me so well, but I'd like to say that it's a, uh, something that, you know, you just have, but I had to part one part, develop it. And then second part, remind myself of it every single day. And so I think it was early in my business, I very transparently, and I I say this in the book I'm writing, and I'll tell anybody who asks or wants to hear about it. But when I first started my business, I really wanted somebody to give me the answers and tell me this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And this is how it's going to work. And even though I took the risk of starting a business, I wanted you know, that safety net of somebody giving me a roadmap and giving me a plan and telling me exactly how it was going to work. And so I ended up spending pretty much, I have to go back and look at the numbers, but I'm pretty close, pretty sure it was around $100,000 in coaching over the first couple of years of my business and like consulting and seminars and courses and all of that, hoping that Mm -hmm. somebody would tell me the answer. And what I realized is that nobody could give me the exact answer. People can give guidance. They can put you on the right track. They can kind of give you some ideas. But at the end of the day, you have to do the work and see what works and see what doesn't work and just go for it. And you figure it out along the way, even with all the coaching and consulting and support, you still have to implement in order to get the information that you need. And so after I went down one path of 
hoping somebody would tell me the answer and realize that nobody can give me like the word for word script to say on sales calls, to write on my website, to you know put in my marketing. Even if somebody claims they will, there's no guarantee that it's going to work until you do it and tweak it and adjust it. And once I kind of figured that out, I'm now just like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's okay that I don't know what I'm doing at this point because I've convinced myself that nobody knew when they started. If somebody knew, like if somebody knew how electricity worked before electricity existed, then it wouldn't have been much of a an experiment. It would have just existed. And so I feel like with everything, you have to test it and figure it out and work through it in order to get the results that you want. I think that is such a message that is so necessary because I, I I see so many, I struggled with the same thing and in the beginning of my business as well. And I see so many of my clients and my customers and many of people who listen to this podcast looking for that external answer in someone else's coach or another program or another, you know, swipe file or another freebie or another community. Maybe it's this. And the answer is always inside of you and you figure out what works. And one of the things that I, I tell any of my clients is even if you're following somebody else's marketing strategy, they have a different audience. They have a different ideal customer. They are they speak in a different way and it resonates with the people that it resonates and it obviously resonated with you if you purchased their program, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that same swipe file or that same strategy is going to work for you, your audience, and how you build your business. And so it really is such a fun science experiment. And I, I know that you treat marketing a lot like a science experiment. So how, how do you adopt that mindset that allows the, for that curiosity, allows for that innovation so that it's not like, oh, this one, you know, coach or program or swipe file or tool didn't work for me. It, I, I must be wrong instead of maybe it's just not right for me or for my audience or for who I'm serving. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I'm definitely all about it being a science experiment. I tell my clients and customers that you have to treat everything like you're a mad scientist. And I think from a mindset perspective, there are a couple of things that goes into it. And the first is really, it, whether you're spiritual or religious, I just like to believe wholeheartedly that I'm not doing this alone. Like the universe or somebody or something out there or has my back along the way. And so I'm not going to be like completely lost or completely stuck. If I take a step, I will figure it out. And it's a combination of just faith and unwavering belief in myself that I am equipped enough to figure things out as I move forward. And I think that when you have that and you combine it with the realization that nobody can give you the exact plan to do anything. And even though, and I'm 100% agree with people's, you know, philosophy, whether they said, hey, webinars worked for me and I can teach you how to do webinars or a three-part video series or a challenge or whatever the other marketing tactics that people want to put out there. I'm not against them. My only point when I speak to people is to say, listen, you choose the tactic and then you have to realize that you're going to have to customize whatever anybody tells you for yourself. And so at the beginning of the year, I have people plan out what I call experiment cycles, where I say, you're going to do, if you're going to choose webinars, you're going to do webinars at least 
eight times this year over and over and over again. It's great if you want to do it every week or every other week, but you're going to do it at least eight times this year. And you're going to do it and know that if something doesn't work, it's okay because you're going to do it again in you know four, six, eight weeks. And so just having that mentality of, oh my goodness, it's okay because I'm going to do this so much this year, it's going to work. It's almost like the philosophy that I share with people around sales. If you speak to a hundred people, it's really hard to have a hundred people say no to you. Like, you know, it's possible, but it's hard, <laughs> especially if you're getting in front of the right people. So if you're doing a plan that seems, you know, to make sense for your business and you do it a lot of times, sooner or later, it's going to work and you're going to learn along the way. And when you can kind of take that pressure off of yourself for this one program or this one video series or this one Facebook live or Instagram live or whatever it is that you're doing is the end all be all. When you take that pressure off, it becomes a lot easier to go, oh, okay, well, this is just a science experiment. Let me see what works. Let me see what doesn't work. Cause I'm going to do this six, seven, eight, 10, 15 more times this year. So it's no biggie if I mess up on this one. And I love that because it's such a resilient mentality of and playful as well, where it takes, it just allows for you to take that pressure off of this is the one thing, this is it. If this fails, then this, that, and that, whatever. And it, you know, a lot of times what I see with a lot of entrepreneurs who stay struggling is they make that one marketing strategy or that one marketing tactic, like defi- and the fact that it, if it doesn't work the first time, define all of who they are and they define their identity as a business owner. And that's not necessarily the case. How has, how have you been able to separate your identity as a business owner from the stuff that you put out into the world? Ooh, that's a good question. And I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I've completely done that. Well, I, I know throughout my business, uh, my very first launch which I thought was going to be the end all be all nobody purchased, like not one person. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm never launching a group program again. I'm never doing this again. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants what I have to offer. And I went down this <laughs> whole like mindset rabbit hole. And then I spoke to, you know, after a few months and I kind of calmed down, I spoke to some friends and they were like, oh yeah, my first launch bombs. <laughs> Nobody bought anything. And then you realize that you're not alone. And so I think for me, in terms of separating myself and what I do from who I am as a person, I mean, I get that uh, nowadays, if somebody says no to buying something from me, uh, you know, it could be that maybe I'm just not a fit and I'm not a fit for everybody. And I'm cool with that. It could be that they right now are not in the space or the energy to say, yes, like that's just not where they are. And that's cool too. And so I think for me, part of it is just realizing that not everything's personal and realizing that just because somebody says no to you, or just because you mess up at something or you fail to reach a goal or something along those lines, it doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't impact who you are. And the more that you can you know, write letters to yourself or talk yourself through it or phone a friend or really kind of stay connected to the fact that, okay, I am, you know, I'm Nikki Nash. Some people are going to love the Nikki Nash brand. Some people are going to be able to stand the Nikki Nash brand and that's cool. But at the end of the day, I know who I am and I like who I am. And when you can stay connected with that, 
it makes it a little bit easier. It doesn't make it rainbows and butterflies every day. There's always going to be a day for me at some point I'm convinced where I'm going to take something personally or something along those lines. But at the end of the day, if you can just take a step back and remember, okay, this isn't about me personally. Let's listen to the feedback or the no for what it is and then move forward from that. Use that information in a positive way as opposed to feeling like it's an attack on my personal uh, being or personality or soul or something along those lines. Oh, I completely agree. And that's why I love your your uh, process of finding your signature process, which I know you speak about on your podcast, because it's one of the things, especially in sales. And I think I, I, I used to see this when I was in working in Hollywood, like when I was 16, 17, I was acting and writing screenplays and whatnot. And I saw people, there was the mentality of, oh, I'm selling myself when I go in for an audition. And I've seen the same thing in, in business, especially in the service industry for coaches, consultants, marketers, is a lot of times when you're first getting started, there's the perception that you're selling yourself. And I think that that's a misperception because you're selling a result. And same is true for actors and creatives in that way is you're selling the process that you do to get to that character. And people are buying that character or you as that character. For business, what I've seen is when you when coaches step into that space where they have the perception that they're selling their self, suddenly when they get a no, it's like crushing self-worth versus selling your signature process that gets results. And that's there's such a big difference and it allows for a bit of a disassociation of the identity crisis that sometimes can happen as an entrepreneur. Um, and when you have that signature process. So can you give me some uh, some insight as to how you found that signature process for you to, to market your genius? Yeah. So it's funny because a couple of things that you said, and I'll absolutely address the signature process piece, but I think about um, Oprah and I'm going to be really transparent. When Oprah was on TV, I had never watched an episode of Oprah. I had no idea like what the Oprah show was about. I got it in general, but I never watched it. It was never on in my house. We were probably more of a Judge Judy murder she wrote sort of household. My grandmother lived with me growing up. I loved murder she wrote. (laughs) So my jam. And give me Angela Lansbury every day. Like if there was a murder mystery, whether it was Matlock or Columbo or Perry Mason, like that was on in my television, in my household, not so much Oprah. But one of the things that as I got older and I started really watching clips on YouTube and really respecting the brand was that at the end of the day, a lot of people probably feel like they get Oprah, they know Oprah. And the reality is, is that, you know, Oprah, the brand, and I'm not saying that that's different from Oprah, the person I'm saying that there's more layers to her than just the brand. And so when people think about who, when they're selling quote unquote themselves or selling their image online, you're selling a piece of who you are and you can really determine what you are going to reveal to people and what you aren't going to reveal to people um, so that you still have that sense of self. You know, no, not everybody needs to know the inner workings of your live life if you don't want them to. And that's cool. So you can choose what it is that you do or do not share. And one of the ways that you can start building those um, kind of layers or building those uh, parts of yourself is by saying, hey, here's who I am. You want to get the results. 
I'm going to show you this signature process or my way of doing things or what's helped me. And so to your point, one of the biggest game changers I had was going to an event and watching, um, you know, the host, the coach on stage talk about uh, all these marketing tips. And I'm sitting there writing like a crazy person, like, oh my goodness, they're telling me they're 10 C's or two P's or whatever it was. And I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing. And then I go home or to my hotel room rather, rather, because it was the night of the seminar. I go back <laughs> to the hotel room, right? And I'm looking at it and I'm reading it carefully and I'm going, wait, I know this stuff. And not from a, oh, I know this stuff. I'm so smart standpoint, but because I'm like, no, I've been in marketing for 10 years and you're teaching me like, it wasn't exactly marketing one-on-one, but it was all stuff that I knew. But what I walked away mm-hmm. with was, oh my goodness, I sat down and I wrote down everything that this person said. And I looked at them as the biggest expert and I still do. I'm not like, oh, they don't know anything because they taught me stuff that I knew already. But what I looked at was they created their own signature framework and way of doing things and they made it unique and they branded it their own way. And I sat down and I'm like, that's genius. And then I started thinking about the original marketing people that are often featured in marketing textbooks and things like that. And that's what they did. They came up with their five P's or three C's or whatever it was to teach things to marketers. And so I sat down and I said, that's genius. And that's what I need to do for my business to add that other layer of, yes, I'm Nikki Nash, but I also have this way, this process for you to get results. And so you're not just buying my energy or, you know, picking my brain, you're actually getting a a process and a system that will help you get the results that you want. And so I sat down and I brought out a bunch of, uh, post-it notes. I'm actually not even sure if it was post-it notes or if at the time I didn't have any post-it notes and I just cut up tiny pieces of paper, but either works. (laughs) Tiny pieces of paper sounds more like what I probably did. (laughs) I cut up these little pieces of paper and I just wrote down, okay, what is the result that I want to help people get or that I know I can help people get or that I've already helped my clients get? And I wrote down that result. And then I said, okay, now assuming person a person is starting from point A, wherever that is, and you can determine what your point A is and point B being the result that they're going to get. What are all the things that they need to do or that they need to have, or that they need to be or believe or whatever it is in order to get from point A to point B. And I just started writing every, in every new concept or idea on a piece of paper. And then what I started doing when I had all these scraps of paper is I started bucketing them and I started going, okay, well, all of these fall into this category. And all of these really fall into this category. And all of these are all similar. And this is another category. And I just bucketed them into smaller categories. And ideally, when you do this, you probably want to get somewhere between three to five, because if you tell somebody it's going to take, you know, seven, eight, 10, 11, 13 steps or mm-hmm. parts of your framework that starts getting overwhelming. So I just kept niching them down or condensing them until I got uh for me, it was five different categories in terms of what I think it takes to really build a profitable and sustainable business as an entrepreneur. And I started going, wow, this is great. I have my five things. And then I started trying to get you know, creative. And I said, all right, can these all start with a letter? <laughs> can each word start with a letter that spells something out? And I couldn't get that to work. In an ideal world, um, I would have had six and I could have spelled genius, but I couldn't really do that. But I had, so I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> Can I get everything to start with the same letter? And then I did that. And so everything starts with a P and then I sat down and I said, okay, so when somebody comes to work with me, 
this, these are the things that we're going to work on together. And this is what I think is important to really help people build their business. And that's how I sat down and started coming up with, okay, this is my signature system. And what's cool about it is that you can treat, depending on what you're doing and what you're working with people on, all the systems together, or you can focus on one in particular. So for example, with my book, Market Your Genius, I'm focusing on one particular pillar because truth be told, I uh, showed my editor my outline <laughs> at the publisher. <laughs> she was like, these are five different books. Like your five pillars could each be a book on its own. Please don't put them in the same book because it's going to be really long and it's going to overwhelm people. And I was like, okay, good point. So I had to choose the one that I thought would make the most impact as a first book. And then naturally I was listening to her and I said, so what you're telling me is I can write five books. Got it. <laughs> so we're going to start with the first one. Let's start with one and then build on. But oh my gosh, I love the fact that you have a whole like Market Your Genius book series. Yes. That it's it's going to be like the Nikki Nash Chicken Soup for the Soul series, but for your market. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's got its own series already mapped out in my head and also partially on paper. Amazing. I'm curious, how have you changed from when you started on your path as an entrepreneur to where you are now? Like what, what's been the, the greatest evolution, both from, from a mindset perspective? I love that question because I was going to say, I feel like a completely different person. I mean, I'm very much the same person, but I think from a mindset perspective, Uh, doing the work every day and consistently. And I've been in business for somewhere around four to five years now. And um, I think, wait, that's not even right. Hold on. I quit my job in March of 2016 and it's 2020. Hold on. No, okay. I did the math backwards for a second in my head and I was like six years. No, (laughs) it's 2016 to 2020. So four and a half years. Um, And I think for me, probably the biggest shift has been just really getting to a place where I believe things being really possible, like really saying, oh my goodness, I can actually have anything that I want. And I remember early on, I would binge listen to Abraham Hicks. So for anybody who's Mm -hmm. like really into woo, (laughs) I was like, listening to bring on the woo Nikki (laughs) it's like Abraham let's talk channeling (laughs) it's like we're gonna channel Abraham and I was just remember listening to this and I have it written next to my desk where it's the um the steps to manifest and it's just ask for something and then the second piece is not your work like the universe or whatever you believe in Abraham God universe is bringing you what you want and then your job is to stay in that vibrational alignment with what you want and then just get really good at staying in that vibrational alignment of what you want and then you manifest stuff and I think doing the work over and over again and for me from a mindset perspective just realizing that you know part of it is not my control. In fact, the majority of it isn't in my control. I can set intentions. I can take actions and move forward in the direction of what I want. But when I signed my very first clients, it's not like I knew this person is going to call me on this day and say yes to working with me. Like I had no idea. I just knew that I 
I had something that I can offer. I knew what I wanted to deliver. I knew that I was asking the universe for it and that I was taking actions to potentially get in front of people. And then everything else was just kind of up to the law of attraction. If you're into that or, you know, manifestation, if that's what you believe in or the universe just doing its thing. And so for me, from a mindset perspective, I've gone from this place of being like, I need to know exactly where everything is coming from and how it's going to work out and stressing out about it to going, okay, you know what? I don't have control over everything. I can just keep taking action and keep moving forward and things will work out. Amazing. One of the things that I have been working on with a lot of my clients is finding that sort of knowing that trust, that faith, that that I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out-ness that always generally in what I've seen from coaching, it generally leads to greatness. It generally leads to great things coming out of it. Um, but where where in your body do you feel that sort of knowing that that sort of just feeling of manifestation of setting that intention of doing the work of having those intuitive hits that just are like, you know, let's start the podcast, reach out to this person. Where would you say that you find it or feel it? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to talk through this. Maybe the answer will come out as I'm speaking and I'll discover it along the way. But for me, some things that I distinctly remember is I've always felt like an intuitive person. Every decision I've ever made pretty much in my entire life has been based off of this, this gut feeling that this is the right thing to do. And I remember at some point uh, in corporate, I actually, it wasn't even corporate. I think it was my last job. I lost that a little bit. I pushed down all of the thoughts or the feelings of, you know, leave your job or do this other thing or things along those lines, because I let my brain kind of take over and say things Mm -hmm. like you have to stay at a job for two years or you have to do this. And um, I think for me, when I just feel it, it's just uh, one of two things happens. Either I just kind of have this overarching like sense of calm, like my whole body just feels calm. And I don't really know how to describe it out other than that, where I just feel like this just feels right. I'm not stressed. I'm not anxious. It just feels right. And another thing that I also know that happens is sometimes things just come out of my mouth, like a declaration. And Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I'm saying. Like I'm just talking and all of a sudden I'm saying things. And so I distinctly remember I was at an event with, uh, with Hay House. It was a Hay House event and I was there and Reed Tracy called me up to the mic to be able to ask a question. And I don't know what the heck I said at this mic, but I walked away and people were saying, wow, that was so good. They were laughing. They clapped. I'm like, I was asking a question. And then at some point, I know I said to him, I can't wait for you to publish my book. And I'm like, what am I talking about? Who am I? And then you know, fast forward, Hay House is publishing my book and Reed Tracy was the guy who called me to let me know I got the book deal. So sometimes it's like, you're, you're just, for me, my body just takes over and it's like, this is what you want. You're declaring it right now. It's going to happen. And you just feel in alignment with it. I'm like, okay, cool. Can't wait. I love that because it's, um, I've heard many different, uh, ways of how people feel that sort of internal knowing and from it feeling like 
butterflies, like almost like first kiss butterflies, like, oh my goodness, this is actually happening. This is so exciting to that steadiness, that calm, that just like certainty that this is going to happen. And I love the fact that words just kind of pour out of your mouth at that, at that moment. And that you got your deal with Hay House because that's extraordinary and such a testament to trusting. Um, as Danielle Laporte I, says, your body knows before your brain does. And I have found that to be so true just in, in knowing and making those decisions. And especially as a business owner, to, to go a little woo in a way and and find what is the differentiator in in your body from that from knowing like what is a fear based like a, a knowing that's really that you're stepping into something that's new and unfamiliar but it's really part of your your journey and your greatness and the fear that's just like oh hell no don't go there don't go down the path don't do that thing and where it where each of those land in your body determining that and discern being able to have the discernment to tell where it can give you such a powerful clue to know that what to lean into and what to lean away from or possibly run away from like a corporate job or like for me that would definitely be a corporate job because I would not <laughs> would not fare well in corporate yeah and one of the tricks that I would do with myself when I couldn't tell because my brain is really powerful in the sense that it can convince me that anything's a good idea or anything's a bad oh, yeah. idea. Like it's just great at that. We're so, really good at logicking, especially when you're smart, right? right. <laughs> like I'm great at logicking myself or whatever, like making up words, but I'm really great at that. So one of the things that I like doing is when I have to make a decision and I'm really like overthinking it or I'm stuck, I write down all the options or all the things I'm deciding between on different pieces of paper. Apparently I really, I recycle guys. So I'm a big recycler. But I also <laughs> apparently really like writing on paper. So I'll write these on like three different pieces of paper and they're little small pieces of paper. You could also use post-its because apparently I'm a sponsor of post-its. This episode is sponsored <laughs> by post-its. And I like write down the different decisions and then I fold them up in a little piece of paper and I mix them up and I choose one. And then I automatically will have a gut reaction as to whether or not I liked or didn't like what I just read on that piece of paper. And so that helps me go, okay, I clearly don't want to do this. I was trying to convince myself it was a good idea. But when I'm able to open it, read it, and I'm either immediately super excited or disappointed, then I know, okay, this is really not the thing that I want. And that helps me out a lot too when I can't feel it or, or <laughs> I'm overthinking it. How has being a woman or that woman's intuition served you in growing your business? Yeah, you know what? I think being intuitive and having that kind of sense of this feels right or this doesn't feel right and this is the direction I want to go in is honestly what's made my business. And I think there are so many things that I've wanted to do or that I felt really, truly felt was a good idea. And logically, it might not have made any sense. You know, there are um, so many reasons that my brain could have said, all right, do you really want to start a podcast this late? You know, podcasting got big <laughs> like a certain time ago. You have 
a hard time tracking who's actually listening. Like there are all sorts of logical reasons that I could have said, I I don't want to do this or why I shouldn't have, uh, you know, written, written a book proposal and submitted it. Like the chances of you getting it, like logic will always get in the way. And so I always find that when I have a strong reason to do something, even if it doesn't make sense to anyone that it's, it's the right thing to do. And sometimes, you know, you make decisions that maybe don't make sense to anybody else, but it all, if you feel it in your body that it's right, it's going to be right for you. I remember when I told my friends I was, cause I was living in New York. I had a job at an ad agency. I was working on one of the biggest accounts. And I remember telling my friends, Hey guys, so I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go get my MBA. I'm going to move somewhere. And they're looking at me like, okay. And then I did it. And they're like, really? I'm like, no, it felt right. And then I remember telling them, calling up my friends and saying, Hey guys, I'm moving to Portland, Oregon. I'm literally moving to the other side of the country to a place I have never been to before. And it's going to be great. And they're like, really? It just feels right. And so being a woman and being somebody who has intuition, you may do things that make zero sense to anybody else. But, you know, I have really great friends from both of those experiences. It's been uh, something that has allowed me to move forward to where I am now. I have stories from Intel and my experiences there and things I learned about myself and about marketing in my book. Like it all, when you look back, connects and makes sense. But at the time that you're making a decision may not make any sense to anybody and that's okay. I completely agree. I look back on my own varied careers from being like starting in acting and screenwriting to then becoming a Pilates instructor to then owning an e-commerce business to now being a high performance coach. And to me, that process makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But most people are like, you've been in so many different industries. And that's why I think knowing the business that you're really in changes the game. Because when I look back and I know the business that I've really been in, it's always been in in transforming people's stories. The stories I wrote as a screenwriter and the plays I acted in as as an actor, like those were stories of transformation. I transform people's stories about their bodies. And then as an e-commerce business owner, I transform people's stories about what was possible for their back pain. And now that's what I do on a daily basis as a coach. But I think when you see that through line, when you look back and you can kind of, when you know the business that you're really in and the kind of purpose work that you're doing and trust and have that faith that your intuition is always going to steer you right, even if it seems crazy. Absolutely. Because if you really look at my career uh, and my education and things that I've wanted to do growing up. It, one could objectively say that it makes no sense. <laughs> you know, it's like, so you were an English major, you wanted to be a journalist, and then you ended up in marketing, and then you ended up starting your own business. And <laughs> that has nothing to do with, you know, what people may think I should be doing. But at the end of the day, I, how do I build my business? I write, I create content, I do all these things every day, and it all makes sense to me. And at one point, my very first dream, and I'm still a believer that it's going to happen, so I'm not even worried about it, but I wanted to be an actress. Speaking of like where you started, I wanted to be an actress, and I was so concerned with my ability to do it because I didn't see a lot of people that were successful that looked like me. I wasn't sure if I was thin enough. I was all sorts of in my head about it. And so Mm -hmm. I just didn't go for it. I used to like read backstage (laughs) 
publications, look for auditions. And then I'd be like, no, I can't go. I'm not good enough. And now I have Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and there's that trust that you know that someday it'll come. I mean, Oprah got the color purple. Absolutely. You know, it, it all will work out. And so anything that you want to have happen in your life, even if you're thinking, oh my goodness, it's too late, or I've gone down a completely different path, or can I do this career change? Yes, absolutely. You can do whatever it is that you want. Going back to Abraham, all you have to do is ask for something and then stay in alignment with what it is that you asked for. And bam, (laughs) I mean, take action, stay in alignment, you know, magic happens. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Nikki, I would love to get into a little bit of rapid fire with you to wrap this bad boy up because this has been so extraordinary. I have loved every moment of our conversation. Me too. All right. Let's bring on the rapid fire. Bring it on. Who is your favorite female character in a movie and why? Ooh. Okay. I really know that this is rapid fire. Someone is supposed to be quick about it. But I'm overthinking it because I have multiple options. But I'm going to say for unknown reasons, because this is exactly what came to my head, but Angelina Jolie and Tomb Raider, because she really just kicks ass and like just seems very zen at the same time. And because I probably just saw that movie recently on TV. So that's what's in my head. <laughs> If you were queen of a country, what would be your prime focus? Ooh, okay. Um, prime focus, queen of a country. Children. I don't know what exactly with children, but I've always been compelled to really make sure that every child is, you know, clothed, nourished, loved, especially because they're the future. So it's basically keeping humanity going. What would you consider to be your kingdom? My kingdom? Yeah. Or queendom. Oh, queendom? Whichever whichever word you prefer. (laughs) These answers are going to be so weird. I'm literally saying what's coming. Good. (laughs) But I'm going to say content, like creating content that transforms the way people think about themselves and their lives. If your palace had a swear jar, how much money would you have to put in it daily? Now, this is like kind of like a two-part question because it depends on how much you would charge yourself as well. Ooh, okay. So what's interesting is uh, I... I do curse. I don't know that I curse. I'm not a, cursing like a sailor, but this is a side note. And I know this is a going against rapid fire, but I just feel compelled <laughs> to say this. Um, I have this whole philosophy around cursing because we created the human language, like we created language. And so who decided that something was a curse word and wasn't a curse word baffles me. I'm like, why are there such a thing? Why is there such a thing as curse words in the first place? So I probably wouldn't have a lot of money in the curse jar just because I only really curse when I feel like it brings a really great emphasis to something or when mm-hmm. I'm really like pissed off, but I'm generally happy. So it's usually more for emphasis um, and I can choose to use it or not. So I probably wouldn't have a ton of money up in there. <laughs> I love it. An appropriately timed F-bomb is just like when needed, oh, it, it is it is really the best word to describe it whatever the thing is, what woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? Ooh. Okay. Um, just for a day, I am 
thinking, wow, two people came to my mind. So I'm going to do them both separately. (laughs) The first is Kelly Ripa because I've had this vision of like having a really cool TV show and working in the morning. Plus her husband's really hot. Um, So I would think it'd be really cool (laughs) to be (laughs) Kelly Ripa. Um, and then obviously Oprah, because that's, uh, who I aspire to, um, I aspire to influence the world the way she has. I don't know if I actually want to be Oprah, but I do aspire to have that level of, uh, impact for, for good. I want to change the world for good. I love it. And when we first met, you told me that your, one of your goals was to have like a, a talk show of some sort. And so I totally believe that it's, it's in your path. It's it's happening. What message do you want to share with the world? Oh, I want everybody to know that anything is possible and that they have the power to create anything that they want in their life. Like they can honestly create a life that they're madly in love with. And lastly, yeah, sorry. I love it. Oh, no, no, no. go, go ahead. If you have more, if you have more of your message, stand on your soapbox, like, like a pageant queen and share it. (laughs) <laughs> no, that, that was the end of it. I just needed to add despite our <laughs> circumstances. Honestly, <laughs> Nikki, how do you crown yourself? Ooh, um, I don't know. I don't know. How do I crown myself? I think, um, I don't know. Every day I just remind myself who I am. And I make sure that if I stay in alignment with who I am every day, I am daily acting like the the queen that I am. Amen. Nikki, where can we find you? How can we work with you? Where, when is your book coming out? Share uh, all the things about your awesomeness and where we can find you and connect with you more. Yes, absolutely. So um, if this was that entertaining or you resonated with the way that I speak or what I say, um, definitely listen to my podcast. It's Market Your Genius because um, I bring on guests uh, every week. And then I also do an episode that's solo, just me riffing and talking on something. So it's, I feel like it's a good time. Um, my website is also marketyourgenius.co. So marketyourgenius.co. So you can get great content there. Um, you can. Ooh, where's my phone? So I have this new thing. I think it's super cool, but I actually don't know if it's if it's working internationally yet, but it's okay. Long story short, I have this uh, app where you can text me and it goes to my phone, even though it's not my you know, personal cell phone number. But in case anybody wants to connect with me that way and ask questions, it's 646 603 1324. And then the, the code, the country code is plus one. So people can text me there too. Uh, and you asked when the book was coming out and it is coming out in August of 2021. So we've got a year essentially before it comes out. Amazing. Nikki, you are just getting started, my friend. And I am so excited to celebrate you all along the way in all of your glorious, bright, beautiful style and you're strutting your way into your genius with amazing shoes because that we're shoe people. <laughs> so, yeah, so thank you so much. I don't leave my house. I basically wear flip flops or I'm barefoot. I'm like, huh. Oh. 
I should probably leave the house now because we're still quarantined in New Jersey for the most part. So I'm like, not wearing any fancy shoes. Sometimes I just put them on inside the house and just walk around in them, especially if I have a client. I'll just I'll just throw on the shoes just because they're there. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> Nikki, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your genius with the Princess and the Bee audience. I am so grateful for all of the wisdom bombs that you dropped. And please, to everyone listening, follow Nikki on Instagram. Get on her email list to get her book because this woman is just a powerful force to be reckoned with. And she is just getting started. So I am so excited to know you and I am so looking forward to your book. In fact, I'm looking forward to the whole series of books. It's coming out. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, Hay House and, will be prepared to publish all of them. Hey House, get ready. As always, my fellow empire builders, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Till next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.